Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Another government shutdown looming on the horizon. Congress has until midnight on Thursday to pass a continuing resolution and prevent the third shutdown since 2018. If there is a government shutdown, it would close down a lot of non-essential government services. So if you want to use the restroom at a national park, do it now. Go now. Don't (laughs) wait. That's a good joke because that actually happens, uh, which is nonsensical. So there have been three shutdowns since 2018. So three shutdowns in the last three years. I don't remember any of it having any effect on me whatsoever. Do you remember the names of the friends you lost during those shutdowns? Other than commenting on the silliness of it. Um, It's an entirely made-up media slash Washington crisis. Right, exactly. As we documented at the time. So many of the things that happened were purely to punish citizens for cutting off the spigot to Washington, closing down national forests where you just walk around, closing down beaches where you stand and look at the ocean, closing down bathrooms, as James, James Corden mentioned. I don't know. I've never had a federal employee hold my schwanz for me while I used one. and I don't need it. Awesome. It's just it's idiotic. That's an option. But the media. Well, it's not. That's my point. Not in the parks I've been to. <laughs> but anyway, this it's just, you're right, it's an entirely made-up, s- s- scary-sounding issue. Oh, the one that pissed me off, I knew I was missing one, was when they shut down the World War II Memorial, mm. the National Mall in Washington, D.C. They put up barricades and tape and fencing and the rest of it. You ever been there? You stand there in reverence and think of the sacrifices made by the hundreds of thousands who kept the world free, but they closed it. Just to make you, make you remember, make you realize you need the government and you work for us. We don't work for you, biatches. You work for us. Makes well, me sick. Well, both Fox and MSNBC are acting like it's a real chance that, and if we don't fund the government, we will default on our payments and our, we will no longer be able to. And I, there's just no chance that's going to happen. No, never happened. So it's a bargaining position. But why do why do both Fox and MSNBC? Why do all political stripes act like it's really a, a chance it's going to happen? Yeah, maybe I can get why? this close enough. Maybe I can get this close enough to the uh, the mic. You'll hear it. You hear that? It's a click sound. Clickbait. It's all clickbait. Whether you're clicking your remote control or your mouse. That's funny. I click it off when they start talking that because I know it's stupid. Yeah. Of course, you people, when it comes down to the very last moment, you're going to agree and sign the dang thing like you always do. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, a story you were talking about just a little bit ago because I had a a kid issue to deal with and was not able to join in the conversation. So you have been saying for a long time that Mark Zuckerberg is evil. Yes. I have uh, always thought that's kind of uh, funny rhetoric, but never really believed that he's probably evil. He's just a business guy like any business guy trying to maximize profits but this new thing where where we found out they have internal information that shows that instagram is seriously damaging young people Mm -hmm. leading to suicides at the same time with that information they tried to get a new instagram for kids going right yep now they've abandoned that because so much public pressure uh 
started to accrue after the Wall Street Journal pieces from the last week or so. But so Mark Zuckerberg, knowing it was killing young people, particularly young girls are killing themselves because of Instagram. He decided, let's go even younger. That's pretty evil. Yeah, that's the wrath of Mark. That's not just maximizing profits as a CEO. That's pretty damned evil. That's a you don't care about people at all. And how many billions of dollars do you need, Mark? How much money do you personally need before you might have some concern about what you're doing to young people? That is wild. Well, and I'm reminded of one of my favorite books, one of Kurt Vonnegut's lesser-known works, Mother Night. Um, the, the long and short, the theme is, at some point, you are what you do. It doesn't matter what your motives are or what you claim they are or the rest of it. You're... Life is what you have done. And Mark Zuckerberg has brought pain and misery and suffering. Even if he never intended that. Even if, you know, it was an accident, but now he's got this juggernaut that he started and he doesn't know what to do about it. Of course, I don't think, I don't think those things are happening. I think he's, he's soulless. Um, at some point though, you have to say he has brought pain and misery and yeah. is therefore evil. I guess I guess the turning point for me this week was I was willing to give him a pass for the thing he invented turns out to have a dark side, and he's willing to ignore that to keep the business going. I was willing to let that go. Um, but creating a new thing when you when you know it's going to do that that's that's yeah. a completely different level of you really do not care. Yeah. Yeah, they're sick. I would actually like to hear some of their internal conversations about these things. I have a feeling they say things like, well, if we went away, three other social media giants would take our place. So we are trying to manage it the best we can. And, you know, they they went to the trouble of doing the research that those internal documents uh, turned up that data we're talking about. At least they did that. So they probably rationalized themselves better us than somebody else. That's probably not a bad rationalization. So if, and it's not without some, you know, truth. No, right. That that probably makes some pretty good sense. So if an Instagram-like thing went away, okay, so now there's a new one from China where they really don't care about how it affects young people, and they're stealing all your information to create a dossier on you so they can ruin your life someday if they need to. China yeah. is asshole! If, there, if there's a hunger for this sort of thing, somebody's going to provide it, and I'd rather it's some billionaire in Silicon Valley than the Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Unplug the internet. Rewind. Are you on Instagram? Do you have an Instagram account? Well, we do. The show does, although we never, ever use it. No. I don't remember the password or login or anything. That was back when one of our bosses, who turned out to be a lunkhead, tried to convince (laughs) us that... um, I'm sorry. Lunkhead's unfair. Let's go with... A lot of lunkheads in your world. Let's go with halfwit. (laughs) A dunderpate. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, let's go with Thunderpate. Convinced us that, you know, the, the key to success was to be on LinkedIn and Instagram and MySpace and just be on all the social media platforms and just go crazy. And ugh. Anyway, so, yeah, that's how we had an account. Uh, uh, I need, to, to, I need to figure out the login information and stuff like that so I can log in just, just because oftentimes there's stuff going on in the news about Instagram and I can't access it because I'm not on it and I don't want to get on it. Because I don't like the way Facebook handles information, but it, not not being involved in the Facebook world is uh, is is difficult because there's a lot of businesses that are on Facebook. I can't sure. access their website. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll text it to you, the sign-on information, right. just so you have it. I'm a little preoccupied right now. Get ready for some pics, man. Oh, Lord. Huh? Not nutscaping, huh? please. Google it. Um, <laughs> speaking of pictures, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, preoccupied. During the last segment, my wife texts me. Uh, there's a snake on our garage stairs from our garage. It's a few steps up into the house. And she sends me a picture of it. It looks like a rattlesnake. Inside the house? In the garage, the steps leading up to the house. And, uh, and this probably rattlesnake, uh, she was going to call somebody. And she said, yeah, well, I was calling him. It slithered under the stairs. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Just freaking fantastic. Yeah, if you could just get if you could just get in the door and be in the house, that'd be awesome. Oh, jeez. What's the matter with you? You'll sleep well. Oh God. Knowing there's a rattlesnake perhaps. I'm, I, I'm not going I'm not going into the garage. You want my car? Stop by. I'll throw the key fob out the front door. You can go in the garage, drive it away. I'll I'll give you my I'll shout my Venmo account to you. <laughs> Uh, Joe, I've used a hose to get those suckers out of there. My parents live in the country, and I've had yeah. to de- I've had to deal with the rattlesnakes. Yeah, I just I'm not sure exactly what's under those stairs. If it like connects to crawl space, or what? I've never been under them. When I was a kid in Illinois, we had uh, rattlesnake nests under our front porch. Living in a rural area, and there's rattlesnakes all over the place. Yeah, and you're obviously still with us. And I'm st- I'm yeah. I did not walk over steps of uh, stacks of dead bodies to school. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you're right. Rather, given your choice, you'd rather not have one than have one. Let me think about that. Mm, yeah, you're right. You got a glass of wine in your hand. You're walking out barefoot up out to your garden. <laughs> step on a rattlesnake. Take, ah, right in the calf. Ah! Well, I take Baxter out in, in flip flops like every single night. Baxter wears flip flops. No, <laughs> no, that was that was a poorly constructed sentence. Evidently. Ah, anyway. Oh God, dang it! It's always something, isn't it? So the. There's vac- vaccine problems all over the country. People that, that don't want to get the vaccine for whatever the reasons are. Like in uh, New York State, they're bringing in the National Guard to work at hospitals because they had so many nurses that were in effect fired at midnight Monday night um, because they don't want to get the vaccine. You got police departments all across the country. You got the NBA. The NBA does not have a vaccine mandate currently. 90% of the players are vaccinated, about 10% aren't, and one of them was asked in a press conference yesterday why they aren't vaccinated. I think maybe the press world or the sports world was thinking they'd get some sort of dumb athlete answer. That is not what happened at all. And if you haven't heard this, you should. It's next. Armstrong and Getty. What is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I, I would start with, um, I've, I've had COVID um, in the past, and so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it, but with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, 
having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. So that's Jonathan Isaac. He's an NBA player with the Orlando Magic. Asked why he hasn't gotten the vaccine like about 10% of NBA players. They currently don't have a vaccine mandate. Uh, Legend of the sport, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, came out yesterday and said there should be a mandate for all players or they should be fired. Uh, Glenn Greenwald, journalist, uh, tweeted out that basketball player you just heard and said, this is as compelling a clear a case as can be made for this vaccine view. Nobody honest can call this rationale stupid, irrational, or ignorant. The only cogent response is that he should be required to sacrifice his individual desires and choices for the societal good. That would be the idea that you've got a one in a gazillion chance of getting it and spreading it to somebody who would almost certainly have to be unvaccinated themselves which is a choice, to have any problems. Um, Glenn Greenwald went on to say, as I've said in every platform I have, I got vaccinated the first day. I could, and so did everyone in my family. Uh, Also encouraged anyone who asked to get vaccinated. But persuading people to get vaccinated requires that they stop be calling stupid or evil and that this above you be addressed. Yeah, calling people dumb or uh, don't care about people for this, that guy just made the argument, look, I've already had COVID. I've got the antibodies, which most studies show are even better than the vaccine. Yeah, they're not. Nah, that's that's not necessarily true. I was just clicking around on that very question during okay. the, the commercials. And now the authorities are saying, oh, no, not even close. Well, Vaccine's way better. Okay. But do you believe it? it? No, right. no, I don't. I absolutely don't. They That, that story came out when people uh, Israel had the biggest study on that to start with when that story started flying around of course they had to push back on that because that was going to ruin everything yeah that was going to yeah. ruin their big drive for uh, the vaccines but anyway he's had covid already he's young and healthy he doesn't want to yeah he doesn't think he well, needs to and that's the key uh, his his uh, description of his reasoning was so good and solid he said listen i understand the vaccine might help me and might help me be more immune or whatever but given my age and my level of physical fitness there's just no no need for it which is absolutely true we got one more player uh, speaking to this too every player every person in this world is going to make their own decision for themselves um i would like an explanation to you know, people with vaccines, why are they still getting COVID? If that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from. Like, that's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID. Yeah, I had it, but that doesn't mean I can't get it again. You know, I mean, it's no different than somebody with a vaccine. Like I can, yes, I developed the antibodies for it. So my chances will be less likely now as well. Right. But it's still a possibility. I may get it just like there are players and coaches and, staff who are vaxxed and missing camp right now because of it so so his argument is different than the other guy but i I mentioned earlier i've got a a friend it's the person i know the best that has had covid so far i have not known very many people that got covid but anyway um he said uh i got it i had a fever for a while on sunday i feel fine now he's unvaccinated he said i wasn't worried about it before i'm still not worried about it well, the vast majority of people who get it unvaccinated will be fine, as we've discussed, although there are some interesting long-term side effects that they're coming up with. Oh, do you hear that the people who have the vid, frequently they'll go back to their, their hairdresser to get their hair dyed, women in particular, or some dudes dye their hair, and all of a sudden they're allergic to their hair dye. Wow. And it, it burns their skin. Wow. Yeah. They think it's some weird immune response thing that COVID tweaks. 
That, you know, when, I heard that one. Yeah, and the neurological stuff worries me and, and the rest of it. But, you know, you can. that was Bradley Beal from the Wizards, by the way, talking. Um, I think he also betrayed the fact that he doesn't understand the difference between having the virus and having an infection of the virus, like actually becoming ill, as opposed to it's in your body, gets it kicks around for a little bit, but your immune system is geared up, it whoops its ass, it sends it on its way. It's a, sorry for the uh, frank medical talk there, folks. Um <laughs> <clears throat> and yeah, yeah, it's possible you could spread it during that short time and that very small amount of virus you're shedding. Um, but it's it's better to be vaccinated than not in terms of spreading it or not getting it. So getting the COVID, I'm <clears throat> sick. I got all that to deal with that. And then I go to get my hair colored and I find out I got to stay gray for the rest of my life. I can't be a blonde anymore. Well, right. Yeah. And it can cause some painful uh, like burns might not be the right word, but I think that's the word they generally use. The final insult. Yeah, exactly. Right, Cardi B, my natural hair color. Or go with a wig hat. We get your hair piece. I don't know about the circles you run in, but the circles I run in, it's um, it's almost shocking when you run into like a fifty-five-year-old woman with gray hair, because it's so rare. It is fairly rare. Yeah. Yep. Almost never. It's like, I oh, have. okay. Yeah, that's the color every woman in this room's hair would be. But it's not. Right. Which right. I don't have a problem with. It's just so common now that... Yeah, wh- whatever your preference. I don't care. I don't judge. No, I, don't, I don't care at all. If I had a full uh, head of hair, I would, uh, I'd would I'd be blonde. Oh, would I be blonde? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is just an insane amount of money that we were talking about. You know, back at that time when uh, we were we were referencing a few years ago, we had the Troubled Asset Relief Program. That was $700 billion. People were horrified by how much money that was. This is, at best, five times more than that. And it's not $3.5 trillion, as was referenced earlier. Independent budget estimates say that it might be as much as 5 or $5.5 trillion, you know, more than our budget was uh, just a couple years ago. Molly Hemingway of the Federalist making a point I've made before. It, it's the whole Overton window uh, premise, which maybe we've discussed enough that you all understand it. It's basically just um, you, uh, you you change the view of what's acceptable. Uh, and we all do this in various forms in our life in that, you know, I don't know, you reach a certain weight and all of a sudden you decide that's acceptable. Maybe it was completely unacceptable a couple of years ago. So now it's in the realm of possible. Uh, it definitely happens with spending money um, and all kinds of different things. But Well, and on the negative side, maybe you uh, shave a little off your taxes. That's within your Overton window. But committing an armed robbery isn't until you commit an armed robbery or two. And suddenly that's within your realm of things that I might do. So it was unthinkable that the government would spend $700 billion in one chunk on something back in 2008, nine, 2009. That's what formed the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. Nut jobs think it was racism, but no, it was the $700 billion TARP bailout. That's just too much money. Well, now, as Molly Hemingway just pointed out, we're looking at spending five times that much this week. Not even to mention all the other stuff that we've spent in the last 
several months. But anyway, on, on some highly questionable programs and in doling out money to states that already have surpluses, et cetera, et cetera. Not to mention tree equity, which uh, had not crossed my radar at all. The inequity among trees in various neighborhoods. Well, yeah. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, that's a federal government responsibility. I hadn't even thought about it that way. I think it's crazy that the government's that involved in it, period. But um, the federal government is involved in taking taxpayers' money and doling it out to cities to try to get more trees in certain neighborhoods. And you know wow. whose neighborhoods have the most trees? Squirrels. Squirrels do. Rich, rich squirrels. End tree inequity. Kill the squirrels. When are we going to get the fair share of their nuts? Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting that we're we're now so micromanaging from the federal level, they're going to decide how many trees should be in individual neighborhoods all across the country. But oh, anyway, right. uh, different topic, kind of. I was wanting to talk about those bills because Justin Amash, who was a libertarian who was in Congress, kind of ran for president for a cup of coffee. Anyway, he's out of Congress now, and he was on ABC this week the other day, and he was making the point about the way legislation works, or rather doesn't work in the modern era. I think they're standing up for what they believe in, in terms of their own situation. And I don't see anything wrong with that. This is like, this is what drives me crazy about Congress. We're supposed to send these 535 members of Congress to represent us. And they're not supposed to just go and take their instructions from leadership and follow the leader. They're supposed to go there and represent their constituents. And the reason there's so much focus... Well, it's a balance, right? They're supposed to represent their constituents and do what they think is right. The reason, yes, absolutely. They have to, I mean, they have to follow the Constitution first and foremost. I mean, that's, that's their oath. But the reason there's so much focus on mansion and cinema is because we don't have any focus on anyone else. There's no one else participating in the process. So to that point, he he um, he got into the way legislation used to work and the way it works now. And this has probably slipped by you. It slipped by me. So in the past, a bill would be brought to the floor and then legislators would legislate in that you would offer amendments and different people would have different amendments that they would offer and then there would be votes and discussions about it and some would pass and some wouldn't and then that's how you would craft the overall bill that would come out the other end and then you'd vote on the overall bill with all those amendments in there and that's the way legislation was made uh so to give you an an example as recently as 2011 there were 414 bills put on the floor in which amendments were offered. That's the way legislation has worked our entire nation's history. Then in 2012, only 153 bills were put on the floor where amendments were offered. Wow. As more power was being concentrated in the speaker's hands, and the idea was becoming more and more that the speaker decides ahead of time what the bill is with a group of people behind closed doors. Then it's put on the floor, and you all vote yes if you're in my party. That's the way it works. No amendments. So it went from 414 bills with amendments to 153 bills with amendments to then 61 bills with amendments in 2013, then 29 in 2016. 2017 was the first year in our nation's history that we didn't have a single bill put on the floor in which amendments were offered. Zero for the year. Remember, in 2011, it was 414, and that was more common going on back throughout history. Mm -hmm. The first year ever where there were zero amendments offered on bills was 2017. Then in 2018, zero, 2019, zero, 2020, zero, 2021, zero. In other words, 
That's the way we do it now. Both parties. Both too. parties. Worth noting. Yeah. Both parties. That's the way we do it now. So from practically every bill, unless it was the we're declaring Tuesday National Pancake Day, and there probably wouldn't be an amendment, and everybody would vote on it, or that sort of stuff. Um, legislation was, the, the process of legislation was the offering up of amendments by individual legislators and then wrangling about it. That has gone completely away in recent years by both parties. Isn't that now, interesting? Any discussion, any uh, negotiation, any arm twisting, whatever, is entirely in the cloakroom in secret. Yeah, isn't that fascinating though? Not I mean, entered that, into the congressional record. That is a major change in the way you operate a government. That is an enormous change. That's an enormous story, and I haven't heard it anywhere. No, I hadn't either. And also, as uh, Nancy said the other day, um, this is the president's priority. Um, in terms this is of the, the president's constant, vision, this is the president's vision. So that's yeah. the way it works. The president has a vision, gives it to the speaker, and the speaker crafts a bill. And then puts it on the floor, and everybody in my party is expected to vote for it. Threatens and or cajoles her uh, caucus into voting for it. Yeah, exactly. And the idea of individual legislators saying, yeah, I like most of that, but how about this? How about And then we come together on something. Nope, those days are gone. At least have been for uh, five years now, and maybe to not return ever again. Wow. I James know. Madison were here. He, he would he would take out his sword. He'd think there's no point in talking about this. I'm just going to go to hacking people. Of course, he was tiny, and I have no idea if he was any good at sword fighting. Wasn't he like four foot ten? Well, no, he was he was five foot four, I believe. Man's short enough without you underestimating him. It's the father of the damn Constitution. All right. Again, him hacking people with swords probably unlikely, but my point is he'd be outraged. Let's not lose the point. I think you're overstating his height. I don't. What is James Madison's height? I'm Googling it for Here's you. Here's where Jack gets his comeuppance. Abe 6'4", Madison 5'4". There you go. 5'4". Oh, there you go. Yeah. Dolly Matt was 4'10". For some reason, I had memorized his wife's height. Hmm. Interesting thing to do. Teeny Teeny little little thing. I've always been big on the heights of presidential wives. <laughs> and me too. Uh, so while I'm on this... Tallest president ever, Abraham Lincoln at 6'4". I think most of us know that. Lyndon B. Johnson, second tallest at 6'3 Oh, really? No wonder as big a guy as he was that he was able to uh, like uh, intimidate people by wrapping his arms around him and everything like that. A really yeah. large build guy who's almost 6'4 would be yeah. a big dude. He needed specially tailored pants, too, as I understand it. But, uh, <laughs> that's reference to a very old clip. That we've played a thousand times on the Armstrong and Getty show. Trump's got to be third, right? Third tallest president we've ever had. Donald J. Trump at 6'3". There you oh. go. Um, Tightly anyway. packed there toward the top. Just an inch I, between the top three. I just think that legislation thing is fascinating. I mean, there there's so many things that we're doing. Like in the old days, uh, you put up a Supreme Court justice and it'd be 100 to nothing, 98 to nothing, whatever. Now we uh, it's the biggest fight in the world. I mean, there are, there are so many things that have changed dramatically in just the last couple of decades and for the worst too mostly i mean like the supreme court thing you would you don't love the guy so you know the way he sees the law but he's an eminent professor he's written he's been on the bench for years you don't claim he's a fake rapist for gang instance. rapist y- yeah exactly I have uh, lunatics coming out of the woodwork and just breathlessly reporting their fantasies Without even delving into it, without vetting them at all. I mean, it's just a fever pitch. It's just craziness. 
No, I'd be hard-pressed to come up with any of the major changes about the way we do things that have been a step in the pro- in the good direction. Yeah, all change is not progress, fans, friends, fiends, <laughs> fiends, Romans, and countrymen. Yeah. Maybe we need taller presidents. Maybe that's it. Who is the second shortest? Do we know that? Uh, I, I mean, Madison, 5'4", that's not a big man, but he had a towering intellect, so that helped. Plus, he wore lifts. And it was pre-TV. You couldn't do that today. I don't think you could be a big deal at five foot four as a man. Do you? No, probably not. Although I'm not sure. You couldn't get elected. You couldn't get elected president at five four as a dude. I don't think. I, I admit it would be something they'd have to overcome. Which is stupid. I admit. I mean, that's oh, it's just idiotic that height would have anything to do with it yeah i don't know if you know this the president doesn't physically fight our foes <laughs> it's not not part of the constitution he, got or guys he doesn't to have do to reach a lot of things on the top shelf to be able to do his job exactly he has people for that uh yeah the shortest james madison at five four a little taller benjamin harrison at five six martin van buren was five six william Please, mckinley a little runt of a man yeah so all of these shorter presidents are way back in the day. Sure, back when humans were smaller. And I mean, Jim Madison, James Madison was short, but he was not tiny by his uh, his uh, period standard. You know what stands out to me is that Abe Lincoln, way back in the day, is 6'4", so he'd be tall today, but he was oh, yeah. crazy tall back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell of a mean wrestler, too. He'd take so, you on, please. It's another... Tie you up like a pretzel, spank you, and send you home to mommy. It's another Heights of Famous People Tuesday, but I'll, I'll just do one more before we wear you out on this. Oh, boy. Probably already have. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant, tough guy. Greatest five freshman. nine. He was only 5'8", hmm. and uh, regularly working with Lincoln. He had to be a uh, you know, stand next to Lincoln. I mean, sure, boss. Anything you say, boss. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't really Grant's thing. But... Uh... <laughs> I cannot spare this man. He fights. Okay, we'll get to weights next. Stay with us. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. Green economy, blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. Net zero, blah, blah, blah. Climate neutral, blah, blah, blah. This is all we hear from our so-called leaders. Words, words that sound great, but so far has led to no action. Yes, less words from leaders, more words from children. That's what we need. With your empty words. Sell your dog sled. Buy one of those sailboards that John Kerry likes. Sell your parka. Buy a tank top. This is not complicated. That was Greta. What's her name? The kid who really hates climate change. How dare you forget. How dare you. Greta Thunberg's name. We've uh, stolen her childhood from what I remember. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. You can can look at my garage or my house. You're not going to find your childhood or your dreams in there. So she's an 18-year-old now. She's no longer a child. Yeah. 
She was a child who has Asperger's syndrome. Is that right? On the autism spectrum. So, you know, I I always felt uncomfortable going very far at all down the road of giving her a hard time. She's a child. She's well-meaning. Well, well, yeah. And that doesn't make sense. The, 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 The thing to point your ire at is the world deciding that this child has the answers to the problems. And uh, clearly we should listen to her. Yeah, you know, I came across a a little, it wasn't an article exactly, but it was describing the phenomenon of, and I can't remember the term, and I've looked for it. It's the fetishization, not not in a sexual way, um, but the, the... the elevation of the opinions of children mm. to be somehow more pure and therefore more wise. Because they're pure and innocent, you assume their motives are always pure and innocent, which, which I think they tend to be. It's their, the wisdom that they lack. Right, the exactly. context judgment. that they lack. Yeah, judgment and wisdom. In context, How dare yeah. you? Listen, dear, we'll <laughs> let you speak, why don't then you, we'll speak. Why don't you clean your room and get to bed? <laughs> blah, right? blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, listen, listen. <laughs> I don't want this to turn into a thing. It's getting close to bedtime. But always with the drama. I say we're having rice for dinner. You'd prefer corn. We'll have corn tomorrow. You're always so dramatic. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. That's now that, young lady, is disrespectful. And you don't want to do your homework. Like I was saying earlier, there's lots of things I don't want to do every day. I didn't want to do the dishes earlier. I didn't want to do the laundry, but I did it because I had to. So do your homework. And stop claiming I stole your childhood, all right? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. You think, you think parenting is easy, do you? You think you're going to be a genius at it. You realize it comes without an instruction manual. You realize that? No, go to your room. Go to your room. I should be back in school. <laughs> all right, go to school then. Just um, get out of here. That's so, so freaking funny. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, she, may, she makes a decent point, though. Oh, sure. Um, there's a lot of people that get, that get a tremendous amount of uh, currency from talking about climate change all the time and not doing anything. <laughs> sure. It's they called lip to, service. For Yeah. People I know, like in real life, who care about it deeply and me not caring about it all are accomplishing the same thing <laughs> it's just the way you're looked at and probably doing the same things too yeah, living yeah, the same way the same. yeah probably um so but so she's saying yeah there's a lot of uh, meetings in this and talk but they're not actually doing anything part of that is because the biggest polluters china and india and various countries they have no interest in doing anything uh, is part of the problem but uh, he she threw in there the whole build back better she took a shot at biden in there yeah Kind yeah. of True international over to pressure. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty are brought to you today by two ominous notes separated by six octaves. Here is your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Why not squeeze in a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up? He's pressing the buttons, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, I'll never forget, uh, as a child, we had a rattlesnake under our porch, Joe, and uh, our neighbor came and grabbed it with his hand, grabbed the head. 
by with his hand and put it in a sack. That's how he handled things. He was yeah. crazy. Yeah, I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer, doing a fine job. Alex, uh, final thought? You know, Jack was talking about the tallest presidents. Not only would I be the tallest, but I'd also have Tafty in proportions. Yes. So I am announcing my candidacy in 2036. Vote for young Alex. <laughs> Tafty in proportions. Exactly. It's time for a big man to take on a big job. Jack, a final thought for us? Yeah, rattlesnakes. When I was a little kid living in Illinois, we had a lot of them. And I remember going out to... It's funny how things stick in your head, man. If it makes an impact, it is... I can pick it and it was decades ago um walking out to my sandbox and there there's my little shovel in the sandbox and there was a rattlesnake coiled around that thing doing its full-on rattle don't come near me thing oh i can still picture it wow. i think we had a neighbor come over and shoot it if i remember correctly if you're just tuning in i think i have a rattlesnake under my stairs uh, at home and i was just checking up on rattlesnakes uh, it turns out that baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous thing is actually a myth they have much less venom Venom. Cut it second by throat. So I'd like Joe Biden over here. They can be hazardous though, because they're small and hard to see, and often don't even have a rattle yet. Oh really? Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty, wrapping up another grueling four hour workday. Blah blah blah. So many people to thank so little time. Go to Armstrongandgetty.com. We've got a lot of great clicks under hot links. Pick up some swag, helps to keep the guys on the payroll, a t shirt or something like that. Email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If we ought to be talking about it, pass it along. I have a feeling blah 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 is going to be in the outros of our show for many years to come. How dare you? <laughs> See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna. But if we don't. If, if we they, don't. Take, take, right in the calf. Ah! Are you sure of that, dude? Take your turtleneck and get. Now, I know you guys are having fun playing your game. But damn it. Bro, put the duck back. So, let's go out with a bang. They also eat cat in South Korea. German shepherd's pie. Mmm. Shit zoo on a shingle. I'm sorry. Beagle and cream cheese. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Now I am done. <laughs>